0: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18. I'll say this for him. He's consistent. Oh, he's been so consistent all year. Not to taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency. Consistency! Thanks, losers. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I am your host, Bob Long, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. On the other side, as always, we haven't been here for a couple weeks. Uh, I, I Stuff's gotten a little weird, but he's still over there, and that is Ron Rigney down uh, in Florida enjoying some of the nice weather. We had decent weather here today, so how's everything going, Ron? You're Everything's safe, good. Family's healthy, everybody's good, Fam- right?
0: Family's healthy, everybody's good, except for the uh, six-foot alligator that I noticed is in the lake behind my house, swimming around, uh, noticed that the other day. So that's a little little concerning, especially after um, I mentioned this to my wife. And my wife, um, two days prior to that, I grass, and my grass goes all the way down to the lake. And my wife uh, makes the comment of, oh, yeah, I saw something about that on the Facebook page last week. I probably should have said something. So that's, that's a little concerning. But other than that, yeah, everybody's healthy. And I had to sit out here, you know, outside on the patio because last time you set it up so beautifully that I was outside and I wasn't. So I just had to sit out <laughs> here just to make sure. Good. If you, Yeah, if you threw me another softball in there like that to set that up. So, yeah, we're, well, we're but, taking advantage of the weather. But Pretty here's good. the
1: important question. Does yeah. the alligator have a cough or a fever of any kind? Because that's the biggest concern right now, not the fact that he could eat you alive. No, this, about I
0: that. I from what I can see, he is COVID-free for right now, but That's I'm good. probably not going to get close enough to you take still a still don't want to be so. close. At
1: least wear a mask when you're around him, or gloves. Yes. Yeah, yeah I may do that,
0: that when day. I mow the grass next time. So it's Yeah, not when contagious. you mow the grass,
1: at least have the gloves and mask on. If anything, I might scare him away. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, to everybody out there, I hope all, all of our readers, all of our followers have been safe. Everybody just, you know, stay in. I know that uh, they just announced they're going to, extend this to about the end of April and and I'm glad they are because I I thought it was a little too soon Uh, you know there's still a lot of big cities that are trying to get their acts together New York, Washington uh, California's that kind of stuff Um, but it doesn't matter because wherever you live you just want to stay safe stay in you know do like uh, you know get out go walking my wife and I have done a lot of walks in the parks you know we're walking past people yeah we're probably within Mm -hmm. under the six foot but you know what um, we say hi and we move on, and we don't cough on them, and <laughs> we don't sneeze on them, and um, so far so good. So um, it's it's definitely interesting, it's definitely different. Uh, but the good news is that fantasy football is still here. Uh, we're gonna have some. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with us fantasy football wise. Uh, at the end, of course, you know we started the fantasy baseball, the consistency for fantasy baseball, and. That's been put on hold until baseball comes back. But we uh, still have articles to post. And whenever we feel like we're getting close enough that people are going to start reading fancy baseball articles again, we'll get them all back up there and uh, start promoting that, get our podcast for that one going as well. But uh, as we mentioned, it's been a few weeks for us uh, because things have happened. And But we're back, and we wanted to get in one more award show because we forgot. Well, not we forgot. We just didn't get to the tight ends. Um, and then after this week's show, we will get back to kind of a regularly scheduled, uh, really talking about the 2020 season, because we assume that's all going to happen. I went on a little podcast today with Sal Lito, uh, who was doing kind of a 24-hour, maybe it was a 12 hour potathon, and uh, I popped on with Bob Harris for about 10 minutes. And, you know, we were, he was asking me about the expo. Uh, the Kings Classic, various stuff like that. And I said, well, you know, it's all based on the football season. If the football season stays intact and everything happens as planned, well, then so will that. If football season gets postponed or semi-canceled or whatever the case may be, then, well, we'll probably go along with that. So uh, we're hoping, we're praying that everything will get back to normal here by May 1st and, you know, at least June 1st at the worst and football season will happen as is. But for now, we're going to move onward and, and give out some awards. Some of these awards are uh, something worth coveted, worth coveting. Um, some of them, not so much. And as always, again, we're going to do the tight ends. Uh, it's our last uh, one of the series. And, Ron, you know, tight ends are a lot like the quarterbacks. There's some really good ones, some in-between ones, and some really bad ones. And mm-hmm. if anything, we know that they're not very consistent. And, you know, we talked about last year even doing some con streaming, but, you know, I there seemed to be a light at the end of the tunnel this year, both at quarterbacks and, and tight ends, uh, because we saw a little bit more depth. We saw a little bit more consistency um, that we have in the past from some of these guys. And I think we're starting to see, you know, there's a good probably top 15-ish of – Tight ends, I think, that we can count on heading into 2020. We're going to talk about some that may be moving in the right direction, maybe moving in the wrong direction heading into 2020, but we're going to talk about their 2019 season. And we're going to start off with worst value. And this award goes to the tight end that had the highest ADP at the beginning of the season, ended the season with the worst combination of total fantasy points and consistency, thus making him, of course, the worst value and, Ron, I'm, I'm going to go to you first. If if you have a good nomination, I'll let you nominate. If you don't have a good nomination, I'll let you nominate the winner, and we'll go from there. So take it away. Worst value? Well, kind of
0: like I mentioned when we
1: were talking off
0: off air before we went on here, I, I have to kind of – it's almost I'm under contract to pick on this guy just because he uh, was a big free agent signing for my team two years ago, and he did prove me wrong in his first full season in Indianapolis, but uh, didn't really follow that up with too great of a sophomore campaign. And that could be have a lot to do with Eric, uh, Andrew Luck leaving. But the guy that I'm going to pick on a little bit here is, is, uh, is my nominee is Eric Ebron. And the reason I'm picking on Eric Ebron is heading into 2019, he was the ninth tight end off the board. He was a 95th overall pick. And he ended up posting a grand total of 31 catches uh, uh, for 375 yards and three touchdowns for you on your fantasy team after taking him as a top 10 tight end. He did play in 11 games, so he did miss five games due to injury. So we'll give him a tiny bit of a pass there. But it just kind of goes to show you, you know, like I said, maybe it has a little bit to do with Andrew Luck. You know, those 13 touchdowns a year prior really had something to do with those fantasy totals. But when we look at him as far as being consistent, as I loaded here, load, 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 it, you, he's one of these guys that we talked about week after week. You know, you have to scroll a little bit further down to find his name than you should for a top 10 guy that, that you spent that that draft capital in. So as, as, I, as I finally get the sheet up here, um, he's all the way down 27th in total points. Uh, he's ranked 18th in clutch rating with 36%. So uh, X, X consistency is only 2.83. So he definitely let you down. Now, granted, you don't have a ton. It's not like you're investing a, a top 10 pick or a top 25 pick in the guy. But still, you know, you're drafting a guy as a top 10 tight end. You don't want him finishing 27 the total points. You definitely don't want him finishing outside that top 10 inconsistency. So Eric Ebron, you are my nominee for this
1: award. And a good nominee it is. Like you said, without question, a definite big letdown. I feel like, though, that a lot of people, at least heading into 2019, and and I think I was there as well, was just a little bit almost in that it's his 2018 was too good to be true, and we didn't think there was – there was it was going to happen again I don't think we expected that kind of regression I think we expect a little regression and I think that's why he's certainly a nominee but he was not the winner because the guy who was the winner was a big kick in the nuts Um, in 2018 this tight end he was or heading into 19 he was tight end four off the board because he had a 70% consistency rating in 2018 Uh, There was a good lot of weapons around him, uh, but they brought in good old Bruce Arians. And let's be honest, Bruce Arians has never really done much with the tight end position. But everybody said he has to use him. OJ Howard is way too good, and well, that is not how it ended. Howard ended the year, ranked 29th in total points, had a consistency rate of a putrid 29%, which ranked him 26th. Uh, he just it just never happened. And I think there's even times where he was benched because he dropped a pass. I mean, it was just no love from Bruce Arians for O.J. For Howard at all. And so he wins our worst value, be that as it may. He wins that in 2019. Now here comes Tom Brady, who loves tight ends and has now both O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait does O.J. Howard get any more love now this year? And will Bruce Arians allow Tom to throw to him? Or is Tom going to be Tom, and Tom loves his tight ends, and damn it, they're going to get the ball? What are your thoughts heading into 2020 with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brayton Tampa?
0: Well, a couple thoughts about it. You know, the thing that makes me root for O.J. Howard so much is because he is a freak athlete. I mean, he is, you know, that 2018 season – Showed flashes of it and showed, you know, a little bit of that potential that we're we're just kind of hoping for, and so that's I think why we kind of continue to root for him. But also too, I would hope that Bruce Arians, with the investment they're making in Tom Brady for the two seasons, whether you love Tom Brady or you hate him, you can't argue with the fact that they've had massive amounts of success in New England, and a lot of that is because of some of the freakish tight ends that they have had. A guy by the name of Rob Gronkowski, uh, the train wreck that was Aaron Hernandez before we knew he was the train wreck that was Aaron Hernandez. Right. That was kind of you know because so, you were drafting. Aaron Hernandez is your starting tight end as well. And so with the combination of both of them, you know, I think that I don't want to say that, that Cameron Brate is going to be that, you know, that athlete type of that Aaron Hernandez type of athlete. But I think that, you know, Arians is smart enough. They're paying him enough. They're going to let him come in and kind of maybe talk about, you know, what he has there. But, you know, they also have a pretty good comp, one 2 uh, punch and receiver there as well. Right. But I think it definitely is going to help him just because Tom Brady has seen the success he's had with getting it there. And plus, too, I don't know if he's got quite that downfield arm that we're going to see zinging in there to Mike Evans like Jameis Winston did. So I think that's going to help as well.
1: Well, and the other thing is, I think, heading into this year is that you don't have to pay a high draft capital for him. You know, right now, O.J. Howard is sitting at tight end 16. You know, pick 120 or one, yeah, somewhere around 120, 115. So, okay, now... You can get, let's say, maybe you get early and you get a Kelsey, a Kittle, an Ertz, somebody like that. You can now draft O.J. Howard as your backup tight end. And maybe he gets back to where he was 70% consistency a couple years ago. You know, he, you know Brady falls in love with this guy, sees the talent he has. You know, Arians doesn't hold Brady back, which he shouldn't. Uh, and we see that kind of value. Now, the question is, you know, so like I said, I have no problem taking him as my backup. And maybe he becomes a flex player for me. Maybe he becomes, you know, somebody worth trading uh, at some point, you know, something like that to, to get some, you know, some bit, some positions. But it's going to be interesting. I definitely probably like Howard more this year because of his value than I do because of the past year's talent. So we'll see if he has a – maybe next year OJ will be on our uh, comeback player of the year. We'll award we'll see all right we're going to move forward to best value this is the tight end that had the lowest adp of the season and ended the season with the best combination of total points and consistency and you know there was a lot of guys who made some some nice comebacks um i'm, I'm gonna throw out uh, mark andrews not comebacks but was best value i mean mark andrews you know not a super high uh, ADP probably Dallas Goddard would be another one that his ADP wasn't that high at the end of the season and had some nice seasons. But I'm going to let you announce the winner and talk about uh, that gentleman.
0: Well, a little bit of love to Austin Hooper as well because yeah, right. he, he would have been my other nominee here. 12th tight end off the board and finished top five in clutch clutch rating and then finished sixth in total points. So he he would have been the guy that I would have nominated as gotcha. well. Um, but we we got to give this one to our guy Darren Waller here, and you know it's it's a not a secret that the Raiders are have not been that great offensively, and obviously they didn't have a whole lot. You know, we thought they had Antonio Brown coming into the season, and all of a sudden they didn't have Antonio Brown coming into the season, and so, you know, we, they had to kind of figure that whole thing out. But Darren Waller ended up being the guy that they focused on in that offense, ended up being top three in total points, ended up being top ten. Uh, and clutch rating was, was 69% consistent overall, so our seventh guy on the board there. And just kind of by default became the the leader of that offense and did a really nice job as far as um, you know taking a step forward this season and, and really kind of stepping into that role for the Raiders, especially you know with with Carby and as inconsistent as he is, you know we, we talk about consistency, we talk about clutch, and, and Darren Waller was definitely both of those things.
1: Yeah, the only, I mean right now he's sitting at tight end five, which is pretty much I think I have him at about this. Actually, I think I have him at uh, I have him ranked at four, uh, fourth tight end off the board uh fifth ADP you know that is respectable and I think that's a fair spot for him the question is you know right now the overall draft pick I'm seeing him at ADP wise is 41 I mean that's mid third round a little high for a tight end of that stature especially somebody that's only proven it one year it's one thing Mm -hmm. if you go early for Kelsey Kittle Ertz, those kind of guys but Is it a little too early for Waller, you think, in the middle of the third round?
0: I mean, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is the one knock you could have on his stat line from last year is he only got in the end zone three times. Mm -hmm. But he definitely made up for that with 90 grabs and almost 1,200 yards, but he also played 16 games. So I I don't think it's an unfair thing to say that you can't – I'm not going to expect 90 and 1145 again. I'd like to see a few more touchdowns out of him. But I I think I'm okay because of this position and just the – instability of it the inconsistency of it as we've seen over the years i think i'm okay with him right there as the fifth guy off the board
1: well the other thing is too is the raiders receiving core is not good at all i mean they still have tyrod Williams as their number one quote um they went out and (laughs) god sometimes i you know i've always said i always think the browns are the are the worst at some of this stuff when it comes to players and that but the raiders man sometimes they go out and get nelson aguilar of all people is mm-hmm. their only pickup so far at wide receiver. They've got Hunter Renfrew, who they drafted the year before. Now, Raiders have a couple high draft picks. I think they have at least two, maybe even three first-rounders. Um, if not, they have a, a low second. So my thought is they'll probably go out and get one of these top running or wide receivers in the draft. I've heard Jerry Judy possibly going well, to them. Well, just look so, at the 40 times
0: because they, they'll just get the guy that has the fastest. Yeah, right. They'll get the, the fastest, fastest like guy, do, so.
1: even if he can't catch a cold. Right. Um, You know, they get the fast, they'll get the track star regardless, but um, you know, so my thought is that'll help some, but that should also open up maybe some room and and spread the defense out a little bit more Uh, though. That's really what Tyrell Williams is supposed to do uh, and did for a while. So we'll see, but yeah, I like Walter a lot. Um, I'm hoping that his ADP kind of moves more into that six round range. Then I can, I'll feel better about taking him. But right now, like you said, he's certainly got a lot of good value heading into the year. So all right, let's move on to rookie of the year. Uh we had a couple big name rookies come out this year. If you remember, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, both very high picks. I don't remember exactly where they went in the draft, but it was early to mid first round for both of them. Uh, you know, everybody was all about these two guys. One goes to Detroit, one goes to Denver. Neither one of them did much of anything. <laughs> but we had to give a rookie of the year, so we're going to give it to Noah Fant because there was no tight end that produced our coveted 60% or higher. Uh, when it really came down to it, Ricky, tight ends were practically worthless. Fant wins the award based on being the best of the worst. He ended the season 14th in total points, but he only had a 25% clutch rate, which ranked him 28th. <laughs> Like I said, it's 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 kind of like giving you know participation award. Like, okay, you're the best of the worst we got, but that was what Noah Fant you, do. You, but the amazing, you, you, you part suck is, the
0: least of all the guys that we had.
1: Exactly, you yes. suck the
0: least. Well, that's what we need to change this to the sucks the least award, especially when we, maybe when we <laughs> give it to tight ends.
1: Yeah, um, the amazing part is Noah Fant right now is in the top twelve ADPs for tight end going into this year. I don't know how you look at last year's numbers. I guess you can say, well, he's 14th in total points, so he could easily make the top 12. Well, in total points, yes. But mm-hmm. but consistency-wise, I just feel like a lot has to happen for this guy. to. From my perspective, I mean, I have no effant like ranked 17th or 18th in my list. Um, I just can't put him that high. Um, him and Hawkinson are 17th and 18th. I'm sure that that is going to be something some people are going to give me some slack about, but these guys have to prove that they can be consistent in those offenses. And I really don't think they have the scenario to do it. Um, Detroit with Hawkinson is nice, but they've also got a lot of weapons to throw to. They have not much of anything to throw to in Denver with Noah Fant, other than Cortland Sutton. And they still couldn't get Fant the ball very much. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What are your thoughts on Fant heading into 2020?
0: Well, Fant was a guy that I think in one of my King's Classic teams I had on the bench. And I, I held out and was hoping for some sort of production for a while. Luckily, I had Mark Andrews on both teams, Man, so I didn't good. really have to rely on Noah Fant. But, the I mean, maybe you're a little bit encouraged because most of his production came in the second half. You know, when you look at the first eight games of the season, season his high for yardage was in week three, 30, three for 37. And then he exploded for a couple hundred-yard games in the second half, 115 yards, 113 yards, and then he had one that was 60 and one that was 56. So he definitely came on a little bit as the season went on. But when you look at the very end of the season, last two games, two catches for 10 yards, one grab for four yards. So And, it's, and that last game was against Oakland, who was notoriously bad against the tight end. Right. That's one of our targets uh, for Colby and I in our Consistently cashing article every week. And he... We might have even had him that week, and he definitely let us down. So, I I mean, I guess you could say that's a little bit encouraging, but when you look at the overall body of work, knowing that the majority of those yards came from basically three games, Mm -hmm. that's definitely not what we're looking for as far as consistency.
1: Well, and the other thing was week 13 on was when Drew Locke took over, Mm -hmm. and he only got one clutch game out of four. So that tells me that, you know, and usually rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are new to a team – they want a security blanket. Well, obviously, he didn't feel like Noah Fant was a security blanket because he didn't throw to him often enough to even get him a all but one clutch game um, in those last four that he played. So, but,
0: but maybe, maybe also you know you kind of mentioned this, but maybe with Drew Locke being the guy heading in, you know, in the off season, and maybe Noah Fant being, you know, in his second year, maybe they can have a little bit of time to build a rapport. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. You no. Know, yeah. Again. Things happen, and certainly we've seen players do that kind of stuff where they maybe don't have that consistency in their first year they move for. But tight ends seem to take a while, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's move on to the Clutch Less. This is the tight end that ends the season high-ranked in total fantasy points, but his consistency was lower than expected, therefore making him look a little more valuable than he really was to fantasy teams. Um, and, Ron, I'll let you uh, – bring up either the winner or your nominee
0: well i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat and bring up the winner here because right. this was one of the ones that i, I like i said i didn't want to pick on guys that had you know received some of these awards for injuries and i didn't want to you know make it you know rub salt in the wound because i'm sure they're all listening so we'll go ahead and we'll go with our our winner here for the clutchless less award and that's that's tyler higby and tyler higby ended up having a couple of weeks there especially if you had injuries if you were streaming tight end uh, they're especially towards the end of the season, you know, when he was um, taking over and getting some targets, you know, he put together a nice season when you look at the, at the numbers overall. But when you look at just what he was able to do as far as ending the year with only 40% clutch, it's, a, it's kind of up in the air as far as what we're going to be able to expect from him. It look, you know, and we've had Gerald Everett having that job for a few years, and I, and I think we've tried to kind of hope that Gerald Everett would be kind of become a thing. And that didn't happen, but Tyler Higby definitely became a thing last year. And it's just you know we'll see if the if he's able to put a little bit more consistent season together. But sixty nine grabs, seven hundred thirty four yards. would we'll like to see a few more touchdowns. But he was definitely a, a you know he could have been as far as you know winning this award. Outside of that, he's definitely one of those guys that if you picked it up, picked him up down the stretch, he was definitely a big player for you. A couple of weeks there, right, right around playoff time, maybe a little bit before.
1: Yeah, last five games of the year was perfect, one hundred percent consistency. Um, and that's where he got most of his points. You know, the key is, is, you know, okay. He certainly deserves that award and and, and got it. But, you know, now we move into 2020, there is a lot of love for Tyler Higby out there right now. He is tight end nine in the ADPs. Um, I have him 12th and I really wanted not to put him that high. But then when I looked at the guys behind him, like Gusecki, John o Smith, Ian Thomas, Hayden Hurst, I didn't have anybody else to put ahead of him. So got to put him in the top 12. I don't know if he's going to continue that because I just – I think Sean McVay, and I think Sean McVay doesn't like to do anything normal, you know, like mm-hmm. so – You know, we don't know what's going to mean. They got rid of Todd Gurley, so we don't know what they're going to do at running back. Is it going to be, you know, with what they got, they're going to get somebody in the draft. Um, You know, Brandon Cooks may be gone. Um, So there's a lot of things going to be changing for the Rams. So Higby certainly could be a value pick. I mean, I definitely like him going uh, now. You know, right now he's going in around, um, you know, five, six, seven, uh, six and seven mostly. So I like that standpoint uh, definitely would be a guy that I might go on, but then also in that same time frame or in that same realm of uh, ADP wise are guys like Hunter Henry and Jared cook. Well, both of those have proven they do this on a more consistent basis. So, you know, it's like, I much rather take Hunter Henry than take Tyler Higby. Um, even with Tyrod Taylor, I still think Hunter Henry is going to benefit. So, We'll have to wait and see how those ADPs kind of flush out as we get you know, closer to the season. Definitely proved that he could be a beast. We'll see if he can continue that into uh, 2020. All right, we'll move on to Clutch Moore. Um, this is the tight end that had a low ranking in total fantasy points, but consistency was higher than expected, making him look less valuable due to high points. Ron, do you have a nominee or do you want me to announce a winner?
0: You can go ahead and announce the winner. This was another
1: one I didn't want to pick on guys that they've <laughs> right, gotcha. been and, hurt too
0: much, so go ahead.
1: Right, so this player ranked 18th in total points. Why did he rank 18th? Well, it's because he missed eight games. His clutch rate was 88%, and that is Evan Ingram. Definitely one of the guys that I was all in. We were both all all, all in last year with him, going around 6, 7. Um, nice value had some consistency the year before, and literally started off on fire. Um, seven clutch games out of his first eight, including five straight. It looked like there was going to be our pick that was just going to waltz us through, you know, most of our leagues with him intact. And boom, he goes down. And he and it was one of those where, if you remember, Ron, every week was like, "Is he coming back this week? He could come back. Maybe he'll come. Mm-hmm. Maybe next week." And then. The whole season wet, and he missed all eight games. Um, love Evan Ingram, love the talent, hate the health, hate hate the stability, hate the consistency of being on the field. But when he's on the field, this boy puts up some nice numbers. I have him, of course, number three overall on my list, uh, ranking wise. His x consistency, he ranked third. Um, he, he's got all of the all of the boxes checked except health. Uh So what do you think about him going forward in 2020? Are you going to be a little squeamish squeamish of picking him? Um, His ADP is, um, you know, in a nice spot. Like I said, it's around uh, 60. So, you know, end of round five, beginning of round six. Um, I like that spot. I have no problem Mm -hmm. with that. But are you going to shy away from that and maybe take a Hunter Henry a little bit later Higby, Cook, somebody like that?
0: Well, I feel like if I am going to bite on that, which I'm okay with that, I think, at that value, he might be one of those guys I might back up with an O.J. Howard, with a Tyler Higby maybe a little right. bit later on. You know, Maybe even if you want to throw a dart at Noah Fant, you could do that and have him be your backup. But one of the things that makes me not as squeamish about the injury stuff is when you look at the targets between 2018 and 2019. Now, we talked about him being nicked up. He did miss five games in, in 2018, had 64 targets in 11 games. 2019, he misses half the season, has four more targets and only one less reception. So that kind of tells you right there, he's going to be an important part of that offense. Mm -hmm. He's going to build that rapport with Daniel Jones, and he's going to see those targets. So, I mean, you know, when you look at what he did as a rookie, 115 targets there, I think with him being healthy, there's no reason that he can't eclipse that. If he can, even if he can put together 14 games, I think he can eclipse that 115 targets. So that makes me want to, that offsets the injury risk a little bit for me, but you still have to have it in the back of your mind. When you're making taking him as the fifth fifth tight end off the board,
1: gotcha. No, I I agree, and we'll, again we will kind of have to see. I'm hoping that people are down on him, and he you know falls into that six seven mm-hmm. round, and I'll definitely be all over him again, and pray that he doesn't go down. <laughs> all right, so we move on to our uh, clutch, uh, clutch comeback player of the year. This award goes out to the tight end at end of 2018 with a poor ranking in total points and consistency, but 19 had the greatest improvement in both categories. And, Ron, I I think there's only one person that wins this one by a landslide. And uh, did you have any nominees? No, I didn't.
0: And it's not because I didn't want to pick on injury guys. It's because the guy we're giving this award to, was kind of my team MVP in both uh, Leagues of the Kings Classic. So I think I definitely have to give wrap him this award.
1: Well, why don't you announce our winner, then, since he was so so clutch for you? Okay, so it's
0: going to be our guy Mark Andrews for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, Lamar Jackson coming along and getting that starting job had a little bit to do with that as well. But, you know, we mentioned him, you know, being a huge value before. He ends up fifth in total points. He ends up as a top 10 clutch-rated guy, 10 out of 15 clutch games, 67% clutch and you know like I said you know if, especially if you were able which yet again on both team classic teams I was able to have this too you had that that hookup of him and Lamar Jackson sometimes that was kind of your your uh, game saver for the week I know a couple different matchups I, I needed big outings out of those guys I think there was one in particular it was either a Sunday night game or a Monday night game and I ended up pulling it out just by a few points and it was because of Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Andrews so he definitely came up clutch for sure uh, when you needed him a couple weeks towards the end of the season there.
1: Right, and the and the best thing was his ADP, like you said, was, you know, probably what tenth round, eighth round, ninth round, somewhere in there. So you could easily have picked him, and probably as your backup, maybe in some leagues, depending on you know how deep it was. But this year, you're not going to have that privilege because his ADP, of course, now is tight end four. I have him sixth, um, which is pretty close. Uh, But the problem is, is that his overall is 35. So we're talking about end of the third round. Um, That's pretty close to where Darren Waller is. Um, It's after, of course, the big three, Kelsey Kittle and Ertz. Um, Do you take Mark Andrews that early? Because he always kind of always was nicked up and not always 100% healthy as well. Didn't miss too many games. Uh, Still right up there, you know, seemed to play in most of the games. But there was always a lot of games where I remember him like, oh, third quarter, he goes out and he misses the whole quarter. He misses the whole half. And, you know, and, he, and then he comes back the next week. So he, he's a tough guy. No question about it. But what are your thoughts on Mark Andrews heading into 2020?
0: Well, I mean, to kind of get back to what you were talking about with his ADP headed into 2019, he was the 15th tight end off the board. And there was guys like Hawkinson was going ahead of him. Right. David Njoku was going ahead of him. Vance right. McDonald was <laughs> going ahead of him.
1: So well, especially especially here your Patrick,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So there were some guys here that were going ahead of him that are kind of head scratchers. But I don't know necessarily if we if we want to mention him quite that early because, like you said, and that's a good point because for all the games that he was clutch, there were a few games where he was he you know he was kind of questionable too. Like Evan Ingram, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And he would come out like there like week uh, thirteen in particular. He came out with one catch for fourteen yards, two for forty five in week eleven. So there was two for twenty one another week so there was a couple weeks I mean he really really let you down mm-hmm. just because he was nicked up a little bit but you know then again when you look at the overall body of work he did get in the end zone a fair amount and I I think too you know you always like having Lamar Jackson throwing him the football because it seems like he's one of his favorite targets already so it's it's hard to expect those those hundred yard games those double digit reception games every week but right. I think I don't think it's you know the other thing too is if he does dress he gets you those three catches for 35 yards and he adds a touchdown on top of that, he's probably got a clutch game for you too. And he right, was one, right. of, he one of Lamar Jackson's favorite red zone targets as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And again, a lot of it will depend on see what the Ravens do in the draft. Will they go get another r- wide receiver? I mean, Marquise Hollywood Brown didn't really you know, pan out to be as, as much as we thought he would. Um, you know, They've got the Willie Sneeds and all these other kind of you know, half-assed wide receivers. They seem to rely on Definitely, Mark Andrews and even Nick Boyle had um, a second tight end had some games where he got some touchdowns too. So, have to wait and see on how that plays out. All right, so we get of course to the final award tonight. This one probably is the easiest has been the easiest award to give away in almost every position because all of these guys that have won the MVPs for fantasy were just so far ahead of second place normally we've had some close ones last year we had you know deandre hopkins and Devontae adams were both 100 percent consistent it was very close um but this guy seems to win is his third consecutive mvp award we of course are talking about the man the legend here travis kelsey um you know he dominated the position interestingly enough he was number one in total points he was 34 points ahead of second place. Amazingly enough, as good as, as big of a gap as that is, that's the smallest gap of any of the other positions for, for the amount of points between the two uh, two spots. The other ones, you know, McCaffrey was 150 ahead. Thomas was 100 ahead. I think Lamar Jackson was almost 100 ahead. So only, only quotes, um, in quotes, 34 points ahead of second place, but 94% clutch rate. X consistency of 15.07. You know, again, Kelsey will be the number one guy off the board. It's probably going to be, you know, early second round again. Um, But every year we we have this conversation. Is he worth it? You almost have to say yes, because let's be honest. He did this last year, these points, this amount with Mahomes missing a few games and not 100% healthy in the games he did play the rest of the season still puts mm. up these numbers you know if if Mahomes is 100% healthy and stays 100% healthy sky's the limit i mean this guy can always be always be better
0: so we we, we you know we the name of the game here is consistency and when you look at the most consistent guys at this position they, I mean, he jumps off the page and he's missed one game in his career, and right. that was in 2017. He's played. He played 16 games a season. He's got a guy like Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football. He's had four straight thousand yard seasons. He had 10 touchdowns in 2018. He had five last year, so that regressed a little bit. But still, I, I think you have to. I, I think he's perfectly fine there. And he's and he's kind of made me. You know, do a complete 180 as far as my stance on how early you're going to take a tight end because he does give you such a advantage at that position. Mm -hmm. You know, George Kittle's nothing to sneeze at. It's kind of, I guess, you can call him the consolation prize. But like you said too, 34 points between the two of them, and you know, George Kittle does have that tendency to get nicked up a little bit as well. But when you think about a guy that plays the position like Travis Kelsey, it's a pretty amazing feat to think that he's only missed one game throughout his whole career. And, you know, that was uh, three seasons ago. So right. I think if, I mean, if you want that advantage at that, at that spot and you're not scrambling later on, you know, like with the OJ Howards of the world, I think you have to be willing to do that. And I think you can build a pretty solid team around, you know, a guy like that. If you're able to, you know, maybe get a running back or get a, you know, first round or get one one you know, like Hopkins or Thomas and you go with that. I mean, it's, it's two position or it's a position that you don't have to worry about really even drafting another one. You can maybe just try to mix and match in your bye week, depending on how deep your league is.
1: Right, without question, and and as you said, um, and I think you know. Here is another thing that I think about when you look at Kelsey, he's a tremendous player. We all know that, but the the advantage that he has that Kittle, Ingram, uh, Ertz, that they don't have, is that there is so much other talent on that team that they can't just try and stop Kelsey. Teams will. And then Tyreek will burn him for a touchdown or Damian Williams will catch a touchdown or, you know, whoever. Kittle doesn't have that luxury on that team because basically all they have is Debo Samuel. Um, You know, Ingram, the Giants don't have that that tremendous talent around them. Um, Plus, both of them don't have as great a quarterback as Patrick Mahomes. I mean Garoppolo and and Daniel Jones are good, but they're not nope they they're not Patrick Mahomes. So there's just so many reasons that Kelsey will con- you know should continue that consistency, barring really a major injury. That's really the only thing that's going to stop him. And like you said, he's missed one game in three years. So mm-hmm. um, you know there's certainly a lot of reason to believe that kid you know Kelsey will go there. And interestingly enough, um, I just got. Uh, roped, You know, my arm got twisted to be in a, a best ball draft with John Lobb and some guys. And they, and they just, uh, uh, I think it started uh, maybe about 10 minutes ago. But the interesting thing is, is I'm the ninth pick. And it'll be interesting to see if maybe I can take Kelsey in the round two spin. I don't know if he'll make it all the way to like 2-3 or 2-4, whatever that pick will be. But it'll be interesting to see. If uh, if I can make it, you know, if he'll make it there. Because I might just play around with, like, let's see if what happens if I do take Kelsey there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to uh, start doing, you know, some uh, best ball drafts here in the near future. And, you know, start getting involved with that. But uh, until then, you know, we'll just have to... Uh, Wait and see how that plays out, but the, well, and
0: another thing too that kind of made me do that 180 as well. And I think this, you know, I, this is another thing I learned with last season is I'd never really had him on a team, before. and I was able in one of my. Uh, keeper leagues to make a trade in the offseason for him and keep him as one of my keepers. Nice. And the difference it made with being able to get Lamar Jackson as a, as a draft pick, and, and he's going to be obviously one of my five keepers, but also pairing him with Travis Kelsey. Wow. And the, the yeah. yeah, and the rest of the garbage that I had to pile around on my offense, and I was able to pull out second place in that league, which was remarkable when you see the team that I had. But th- there again, that's a testament to the the, the difference that he can make Right. When you compare him with a guy like Lamar Jackson, they can carry your team.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, no question. I mean, because they are so far ahead of the others, um, and we'll probably continue that. Definitely Kelsey, and we'll see if Lamar Jackson does as well. But, um, yeah, no, that's uh, without question a, a – that's going to be a heck of a keeper group there. All right, well, that's our tight ends for the night. We've got about about six minutes left, so uh, why don't we kind of – Move into uh, a big announcement Um, for those of you who, uh, you know, big followers and uh, lots of uh, our friends and, you know, people out there that have uh, read the book, read the guide, been subscribers, listened to the podcast. We appreciate all of you and we hope you're all doing well. And a few weeks ago when this whole virus thing started, I had a number of people uh, come to me directly, you know, through DMs on Twitter, emails, that kind of stuff, and said, hey, Bob, uh, you know what would be really cool? It would be cool, since we're sitting around bored off our asses, if you could get your consistency guide out a little earlier than normal. And, I, you know, for those of you know this, we you know we always start pretty much right after the season ends. I start putting the data together because it is a long process, a lot of hours to get this into the format that I need to get it into, and put all this stuff together, but it's difficult because you can't do it too early. Cause we've got, of course, free agency and that kind of stuff. Um, but as I started thinking about it and free agency is kind of winding down, most of the guys are in place, at least for now. Um, but I'm like, well, we don't do much with the draft other than kind of talk about, you know, that where the, the new rookies are going and, and how that might affect some of the players around them on that team. I felt like we could put it together. So I am happy and proud to announce that Ron and McColby and myself and all the guys are diligently working to try to get our consistency guide out. And my goal is next weekend. Um, Maybe it'll be earlier, but I'm going to be a little bit more conservative and say next weekend, because we all have jobs and we all have lives and we all have things to do, but we're not allowed to go anywhere. We're not supposed to touch anybody. We're not supposed to see anybody. So, what else do we, we have but our fantasy football? So, Rod, I'm excited for this. I know you guys are proofreading the profiles. I got all the profiles done, all 178, or whatever they were. Uh, you, you and Colby have been proofreading them. Um, you know, this is our labor of love, but we want to get it out so that some people sitting around and, you know, have nothing to do and binge watch everything they can on television, <laughs> have something new to read, and the consistency guy will hopefully uh, – Take their minds off this for a few weeks and give them something else until the draft comes and we can go out in public again.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's what I say, you know, on any of the pods we do, you know, whether it's, you know, the Nazi cast or whether it's, you know, our consistency show here. One of the things that we want to try to do, it is fantasy sports and that keyword fantasy there. we want to try to take your mind off the real world. And so hopefully we're going to be able to do that, especially with what's going on now. Um, you know, props to you for powering through those profiles and getting those done so quick. Cause I remember you said you were going to try to do this. And then all of a sudden I'm getting an email in my Gmail, Hey, proofread these and, and they were all done. So that's, it's pretty, pretty awesome work by you and, and being able to get this
1: out next week. And
0: you know, yeah, like you said, you've been to watch everything. Once you're done watching tiger King on Netflix, you got to have something to read, right?
1: I started watching it tonight just because of your, Holy crap. Yeah, oh, that my... is, that is intense. <laughs>
0: But you can you can catch up on your consistency after you're done, man. We want to, you know with no baseball too. You know we're all sad that there's no baseball and no fantasy baseball, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. We got a little bit of a glimmer of hope just because the NFL season starts a little bit later. So uh, either way, you can still start your prep. You know you're you've probably drafted your fantasy baseball team already, or your draft is on hold, and you know you need something else to do and sink your teeth into. So hopefully, we're going to be able to pro- provide that for you gotcha. sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. So. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but so, you know, this uh, this thing I just said, I was in this best ball draft, and so here's the first three picks. Number one overall pick, I, I don't you might be, no, I don't think you could guess this, and it's standard PPR, you know, you, you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Okay. Joe Mixon.
0: <laughs> that- uh, I, I, I don't know if the got, guy
1: timed out, but even if he timed say, out, I hope
0: somebody got auto picked on that one because I don't know how that's even going to be defensible in any kind of format. Um, I
1: was I'm just sitting there going, um, oh, so Big Rig is the guy who picked him, mm. and he said, "I'm doing this, I'm doing something to prove a point." I assume mm. the point is is that he's drunk. That's the only point I can think could be. Of. Um, but and he says, "I'm winning this whole damn thing," <laughs> so there we go. Mm. Uh, Dalvin Cook went third, McCaffrey went second. So we're pick number four. I'm at pick nine. I'll, will we'll update you next week on how you, this whole you thing could, goes. You could get
0: some solid guys sliding you, you there. Man, if, I, the, I'd, if, I'd I, if these people, about this group if, yeah,
1: if, these, if this, if this group keeps drinking like they are, I might be getting Zeke at nine. We'll see. You never know. Never anyway. Know. All right. Well, we've got about a minute left, Ron. Uh, let everybody know where you're at, what you're doing, um, on the baseball side as well. Uh, while we're waiting for baseball to hit.
0: Well, catch us. We're still doing the uh, dynasty, the Fantrax Dynasty Baseball. Myself, Nate Dock, and Eric Cross, Manley Van Lee. Uh, we put the Nasty Cast on hold for a little bit, but go check out the Nasty Cast feed because Van kind of put a little greatest hits. I uh, gave you a little preview of what the Fantrax Dynasty show is. So go check those out. Uh, we're kind of in baseball limbo here, but we're trying to provide some good content in the meantime.
1: All right, as always, you guys find me at BigGuyFantasySports.com dot com and of course on Twitter at Bob Underlung underscore lung, under lung score. Yeah, that sounds good. Underscore lung. I think I'm still shook by this whole Joe makes it at number one thing. I, 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 I can't even, um, <laughs> of course, like you said, keep an eye out this week, watch Twitter. I might be, you know, sending it out. We're going to give away a lot of copies when that thing comes out too. I want everybody to enjoy their time off, have something to do. And if it means reading consistency, you can go buy the book in May when after the draft, when things, uh, you know, We'll change that up. Of course, we'll keep it up to date all summer long, so don't worry about it. not For Ron out loud One, everybody, have a great week. Stay
0: safe. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now,
1: you want to get mixed up in the family business?
0: Introducing The Godfather at ChampaCasino.com.